You know, it seems women just can't get a break these days. We're going to tell you how that relates to the Oscars. Also, Med Men and why pot isn't making the money everyone thought it would. And I got to talk to you all about last night. It was something, child. I got stories to tell. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corel Cast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Crowdcast. I am Carell. Happy Wednesday to you. Uh, so yesterday was the New Hampshire primary, and as I said, Trump, Donald Trump is going to win. But I've been reading a whole lot of editorials about how his winning is actually losing, is a losing strategy for Republicans. And let me tell you why. It appears that independents uh, and independent Republican voters, Republican voters that are sort of in the middle or on the fence about things and such, it appears that they don't want Donald Trump. They're tired of his mess. They're tired of all of it. And they're voting for Nikki Haley in record numbers. Like 45% of independent voters in New Hampshire voted for Nikki Haley. So what people are saying is, you know, if Donald Trump continues on and is the Republican nominee, he will lose to Biden because middle-of-the-road Republicans are just not going to vote for him. Is that true? Will it, you know actually happen? I don't know, but we can hope. You know, we can hope that them nominating this man will be their undoing as a party. I mean, that's, we can hope, right? Uh, And so we'll see. So I didn't pay attention to anything going on there because we know he's going to sweep the primaries. We, it's a cult. He's got a lot of people in the cult and we know that, you know, he, but that doesn't mean he's going to win the general election, nor does it mean that he can win the general election. Uh, and the way it's going with the middle of the road voters, uh, it just appears that, you know, maybe that just maybe people have had enough of his crap. Uh, and when I say people, I don't mean liberals or progressives. Obviously, we had it from day one. Uh, I'm meaning people that formally supported him, uh, people with a brain, people in the middle of the road. So we'll see. We'll see. But a lot of people are saying that if the Republicans want a chance in the general, they should probably uh, nominate someone other than Trump, but they're not going to. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Now I want to tell you a little bit about last night. I had a great time. I went to the Myron's at the Smith Center here in Las Vegas. I saw my friend Thea Austin perform as part of the First Ladies of Disco, which is Martha Wash, Linda Clifford, Norma Jean from Chic. Just tons and tons and tons of hits. Uh, from the 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, and now they had a, they had a special guest from A Taste of Honey. Uh, get down, boogie, oogie, oogie. And she was fabulous with her bass. Uh, and Anita Ward, you can ring my bell. Uh, what was most fun for me was Marsha Warfield, the comic, Marsha Warfield, from Night Court and now from 911. Uh, and of course, you know, comedy clubs everywhere. Uh, she'd gone away for a while, but now she's back at 68 years old. And she was so funny talking about aging. I got to tell you, her jo- she was they were so relatable. She's like, you know, now I'm at the age where I got to negotiate with body parts. Like, okay, knees, are you going to hold me up today? And sometimes the knees say, fuck no. Uh, so she was very, very funny. But more importantly, I got to sit right behind her. Uh, at a table, and we we talked during the show. She said the nicest thing afterwards, of course, I sing. I know every song, uh, and I sing. And she said the nicest thing afterwards, which was you sang your ass off, child. She's like, you need to be up there. 
And that was such a, a nice thing for her to say. Uh, she also knew a Sylvester line uh, from Sylvester's Live and More album that not many people know because I was like, you know, they don't need this hair. And she's all, they don't need these jewelries. I thought, oh, you do not know that line. Uh, but she did. Uh, and she knew KGO because she's from the Bay Area. It was, it was just fun sitting next to Marsha Warfield and Steve Cabral who went uh, and, and Thea's friend Kia who was there. So it was great fun. Uh, and, then after, and then Yvonne and DW and their friends, uh, Craig and Sergio, two gay gentlemen from uh, Los Angeles that I met. Uh, so it was a really fun night. I went in a mask, okay? COVID is at an all-time high. RSV and flu, all-time high. So I went in a mask. Now, the venue, the Myron's holds about 200, 250 people. I was the only person, the only only person in a mask. And as the audience said, because Linda Clifford, she's 75 and she made no bones about telling everybody. And then Martha Walsh said, well, since everyone's telling their age, I'm 70. Uh, and she goes, I'm pissed off. I got to tell you all that. Uh, and, you know, Martha singing her hits from, you know, uh, Carry On, It's Raining Men, uh, you know, just hit after hit. Martha Walsh has had so many dance hits. And Linda Clifford, so many runaway love. Oh, if they could see me now, that old gang of mine. Just so many hits. Red light, you're heading for a red light. I, I, I love Linda Clifford. I love all of her hits. Uh, and Norma Jean, you know, she, good times. These are the, ah, uh, freak out. I mean, we had a night, honey. But I was the only person wearing a mask. And I was not the only person over 60 years old there. And I was wondering to myself, what the hell is going on? You know, what? I mean, are they not reading the papers? Do they not know that COVID, RSV flu is at an all-time high, that 1,000 people a day are still dying of it? That long COVID is still a real thing that you don't want and we don't know how to prevent it? I'm like, what is going on? And so, I, you know, they looked at me like I was the freak. And that's the truth. I was looked at by people there like, you know, why is he wearing a mask? Because uh, I want to, A, protect you guys should I already be infected by something. And B, I don't want to get anything unnecessarily. I thought, what's wrong with people? So then, so Bridget babysat for me, uh, for, for Ember, because Ember has never been left alone. I know that freaks people out. They're like, never, like, never. Her whole life, she's never been left alone once. There's always been a sitter or a human with her, or she's gone with me. She's never been left alone. So I, I had a sitter last night, Bridget, who kindly sat with her. And then I get home and Ember tells me off. Oh, she tells me off. Uh, and so I came home to grab her because Bridget, you know, couldn't stay till late, late. And uh, they wanted to go out afterwards after a show. Uh, and the Golden Nugget was the place to go because our friends Yvonne and DW had their two kids there and their kids were 11 months and three years old. Uh, and so the parents looked tired. Uh, and they weren't in masks. And the kids weren't in masks. So then I grab Ember and I go back to the Golden Nugget, not wanting to go, not wanting to go to a casino. And I'd never been to the Golden Nugget. It's on Fremont Street, one of the oldest hotels. And I go in and it is packed. I don't know why. Maybe because it's cheap there. I don't know. Packed. Tuesday night, packed. How many people do you suppose in this pack casino were in mask? How many? One. Me. <laughs> and that was it. 
And, you know, I just, I, I was flabbergasted by that. I mean, literally, we walked through a crowd so thick, I couldn't get Ember's stroller through. I mean, that's how many people were there. And nobody in a mask. 11.30 at night, you know, they're drinking, they're doing drugs of all kinds, whatever. It's Vegas. And none of them wearing masks. People coughing, people sneezing. I thought, you know what? What is wrong with people? And I know what it is. It's that people feel they are immune to adversity. They really do. People think COVID is for everybody else. They think the flu and the, and the cold is for everybody else. They think if they get it, they're not going to get long COVID. They just don't think that bad things. Humans really have a problem with believing bad things can, will, and do happen to them. It's why we don't take global warming seriously. People just think we're going to figure it out or I'll be okay in it or whatever. We think we are immune to like everything, to all harm. And we are not. We are very fragile beings. We can be taken down by a bacteria that you can't even see. The size of something you can't even see can take you down. A blood clot the size of a, a almost, I mean, not even a pea can take you out. You know, we're not these impervious creatures that are just immune to everything. And yet we behave like we are. We, we go driving around in cars and things like, oh, I'm not going to get in a wreck. Nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. That's 30,000, 35,000 of you people die on the roads. And, and we don't fix the roads because, again, we don't think that it's going to happen to us. So there's no urgency to fix the roads, to make travel safer. Humans have a death wish because they really believe that they're immune to adversity. We ain't. We are not. Oh, Lord. Coming up next, the Oscars hate women. But then again, it seems like so does everybody else. Uh, we are going to talk about that. And it's quite funny, actually. Broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Cast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Cast. Driving you home or driving you crazy. The Oscars obviously hate women. Uh, They do. The Oscar voters, they obviously hate women because historically they have not been kind to women in any of the categories, particularly Best Director. Barbara Streisand, you know, has been snubbed. A lot of very famous women directors have been snubbed while their movies have been recognized. And it's so funny this year how it played out because Barbie, if you have not seen the movie, you should. It's very entertaining. Barbie, directed by a woman, Greta Gerwig, and starring Margot Robbie and executive produced by Margot Robbie. Barbie is a story about how women can't really get validated unless there's a man around. And that Barbie, the strong woman of the movie, doesn't need Ken to feel validated, doesn't need Ken to get things done. That she and the other Barbies are perfectly capable of solving problems on their own. In fact, sometimes men create more problems for the women than they're, you know, than they're good for. And so the fact that Oscar nominated Ryan Gosling, okay, who is gorgeous and is fabulous in the movie as Ken, 
But is it an Oscar-worthy performance? No, it is not. But the fact that he is nominated out of the film, but Greta Gerwig is not nominated for directing, and Margot Robbie is not nominated for being the lead, but Ryan Gosling, the kind of undeserving male star, is nominated, exactly proves the point of the movie. That women are just never good enough. They just, no matter what they do, they just can't seem to please. They have all of these unrealistic standards placed on them. You know, be thin, but don't be too thin or you'll be anorexic. You know, uh, have a job, but don't be too ambitious or you'll just be this, you know, uh, over uh, overachieving bitch. You know, I, America Ferrara, who is nominated and nominated really for one speech in the movie where she outlines the problem with being a woman. It is exemplified in them nominating Ryan Gosling and not Margot Robbie and not Greta Gerwig. But they always have been that way. And, you know, the more we look at it, women are 50% of the world's population. You have got to wonder why we continue to treat them like shit, why they continue to let us. In America, why are we, you know, we treat women so horribly in this country. First of all, we let white, rich men make laws about the medical procedures that women can and cannot have. That is possibly the most egregious thing. We literally have told women throughout their whole lives and throughout history how many children they can have, when they can and can't have them, how they can have them, if they can get birth control or not. Men control their salaries, control what they, I mean, control almost everything about them. No matter how far women try to make achievements, it, it always goes back to a man screwing it up for them. And you got to wonder why. I talked about Taylor Swift the other day and why men are so threatened by her. Why are men, particularly straight men, so threatened by women when they claim to love them? Straight men who are the ones making all of these rules and the ones oppressing. Gay men do not oppress women. I know you think we do, but we do not. Oh, we may not get along with all of them or whatever. We might criticize them. You see her dress? Whatever. But we don't hate them. We don't legislate against them. We don't want them to not succeed. And we certainly wouldn't tell them when they could and could not have a baby. Because they might be having a little gay baby. But straight men? Straight men don't love women. They say they do. Oh, they say women are sacred. They're the life givers. They're the wives. They're the this, they're the that. We love women. They talk out of one side of their mouth about how they love women, and then out of the other side, they oppress them. That ain't love. You don't love women if you don't pay them equally for the same job. You don't respect women if you don't pay them equally. Hollywood, corporate America. You can't say we respect women, but we're going to pay that one less. And you have to wonder why. What did women ever do to men to make men so afraid of them? You have these incels out there screaming that it's women that's the reason they can't get laid, not the fact that they're ugly, hideous, asexual blobs of creatures. No, no, it's got to be the woman's fault. Everything's always the woman's fault. It's her fault she's pregnant. Don't let her take care of it. It's her fault she's pregnant. Not the guy that stuck his dick in her and, you know, all that. No, that, you know, ain't his fault at all. It's her fault. 
if a woman gets raped even to this day, we still, after 25 years of Law & Order SVU being on the air, we still blame the victims. Look at that American nightmare that is on Netflix right now about a man and a woman that got tied up and then the woman got kidnapped. And when they finally went to the police, the police said that it was either the boyfriend that did it or that they were both lying about it. And guess what? She really was kidnapped. She really was sexually molested. But it took years for her to be vindicated. Why? Because male cops didn't believe her. And that's happened with police forever. They don't believe gays or women. They discourage gays or women from filing charges. The whole world acts like women are to be revered and loved and then treats them like crap. And the bigger thing is, why do women take it? You know, gays have to take it because we're only 10% or less of the population. Women are 50%. They could close their legs and say, none of you guys are getting anything until we get treated better. I do not understand why women put up with men. I don't. You don't need them. They're just sperm donors. You can, you know, you don't need them. Female elephants run the, the show. The males are, are thrown out of the pack until they need them. Why, women? I'd love to hear from you. Why do you take it? For years on end, up until 1970, a woman in print or on TV couldn't even be referred to by her own name. She was Mrs. Bob Smith, Mrs. Jack Johnson. She didn't even have any kind of identity outside of her husband. Why? Women, why do you continue to let this happen? You outnumber men. And you're not the weaker sex. I know many a woman that can kick a man's ass. Why are, and men, why are you so afraid of women? Why are you so afraid that you have to subjugate them, pay them less, keep them, keep them downtrodden, you know, tell them, still control what medical decisions they can make? Why do you, why do straight men hate women so much? You would think Taylor Swift would excite straight men. She's young. She's beautiful. She's rich. She's talented. You would think straight men would adore her. Oh, my God, they're threatened by her. And why are men so insecure and so fragile that they are threatened by women or by the success of women? Just like gays. Why are straight people so enamored with the gays? Why are they so afraid of the gays? Why do they feel they need to legislate against them and keep them lesser than? What is it about white, straight people? Men in particular. They don't like women. They don't like gays. Is it that they hate themselves? I, you know, I don't get it. I'm not a white, straight guy. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand how you could look at any employee and say, I can pay you less because of your gender. What? I mean, what is that about? And how can Academy voters say, oh, yeah, Ryan Gosling was great. Oh, yeah, America Ferreira was great. But Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie were not. You know, how is that possible? Like when they nominated Yentl for Best Picture but didn't nominate Barbra Streisand for Best Director. Why? That It's just indicative of a larger problem in society, which is women just can't get a break. And I want to know why. So I'd love to hear your comments down below. I know why. It's because they really don't demand it. And the ones that do demand it are seen like Gloria Steinem or whatever. They're seen ball breakers. Maybe your balls need to be broken. 
I mean, truly, why on earth would a, a, a gender like men that claims to love women treat them so poorly? I've never understood that. I've never, they, they, they beat women, they bully women. Well, they beat and bully anybody they can. And that's just it. I think they do it simply because they can do it. Women, you really need a revolution where you take over. You know? You really do. You really need to get every woman to show up to vote. You need to get every woman to start speaking up for themselves. Because it appears white straight men don't really like you. And even some women. If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily, you're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L.com. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast, driving you home or driving you crazy. We're in the money, we're in the money, we've got a lot of what it takes to get along. You know, that's what states were singing and, and so many people were singing when pot finally became legal uh, in various states. They just thought, ooh, kerching, kerching. Those potheads are going to make us rich. In California, they thought it would be a 10 to $20 billion economy. It's not. It's $5 billion, which is still substantial, but it's not the 10 or 20 that they thought. And MedMen, which was the, the darling of dispensaries. It was like supposed to be like the Apple store. And you went in and it looked like the Apple store. You know, they were valued at $1.2 billion. And as of yesterday, their stock is literally worth zero. You can go and look at it. Zero. So they went from being worth $1.2 billion down to zero. Now, why? Why? Because we know what the pot economy is. We know that it's much more than $5 billion a year in California. So why aren't pot dispensaries making the money they thought they would? And why do a majority of cannabis users still use the, quote, black market? Well, you have to look at Uruguay for that answer, okay? Uruguay, Montevideo, they became the first country in Latin America to legalize cannabis. And when they did, the president actually set a price, a national price for an ounce of cannabis and said, this is the price. This is how much you will pay. And that's that. And the price was remarkably low. And everyone's like, why is the price so low? And the price was so low because the president said, I don't want there to be a black market. If I say that cannabis is $25 an ounce, then that's that. You know, there can't be a black market because you're not going to find it cheaper. And so they made cannabis $25 an ounce in Uruguay or some ridiculously low price. I believe it was $25. I'd have to look it up. And subsequently, all of their pot is bought, well, a majority of their pot is bought legally in Uruguay. 
here in America, no. And I will tell you why. Because dispensaries and states got fucking greedy. Okay? They're greedy as hell. Right now, a lot of you don't go to dispensaries. You don't know the prices. I will tell you right now. Can you get an ounce for like $100, $150? Yes, you can. It's crap weed. It's called dirt weed. If you want the good stuff, it's from $250 to $500 an ounce still. And then in most states like California, for every $100 you spend, if you're not a medical patient, which I am, but that brings problems. For instance, here in Nevada, if you have a medical pot card, you cannot carry a firearm, period. Oh, if you take opiates, you can. If you have any prescription from a doctor, Xanax, whatever, sure, you can have a concealed carry, you can carry a gun, but if you have a pot card, you can't. So if you just go straight recreational use and not medical use, the tax in most states is from 20 to 25%. So for every 100 you spend, you got to pay 25 in taxes. So let's say you buy a $200 ounce. That 200 ounce is now $250. And that's why they're failing. It's not that people don't want their product. In, in droves, people want their product. It's that people can get that product elsewhere because states did a money grab. They said, well, if we're going to legalize pot, we're going to punish the people that smoke it by charging them enormous amounts of taxes and fees. And guess what? The people said, well, screw you. I'll just get it from my dealer still. And so places like MedMen, and MedMen was the worst. Oh, my God. They were so expensive. An eighth was like 60 bucks, 70 bucks. You know? And that's, I mean, that's just ridiculous. So that's why they're not they're going bankrupt, why MedMen is now at zero dollars on the stock market, and why the pot industry in California, which they said would be a $20 billion a year industry, is only five. Because you got greedy. Because you think just because people smoke pot, they should be penalized and have to pay much more taxes than someone that says takes opiates or drinks alcohol. There is not nearly the tax on alcohol, a far more destructive drug than cannabis, that there is on cannabis. Why? Because they look at cannabis users as drug users still, and they say, look, you want to do it legally? You're going to have to pay. And drug users are like, well, no, we don't. Screw you. I will keep my old dealer where I can get an ounce of pot, good pot, for $100, bucks, and I don't have to pay any tax. Because even if your dealer is selling you an ounce for 200 bucks, that's it, out the door. The dealer doesn't collect tax off you. Only a dispensary does. And dispensaries have gotten extraordinarily greedy. Look, I will go downtown to buy my edibles because down there they give me three bags of edibles for 30 bucks because of all my discounts. And because I'm medical, I only pay 8% tax. But... Edibles are now up to like $25 a bag for 10 or $2.50 an edible. You can make edibles out of discarded pot or out of an ounce of pot. You can make many more edibles than you could buy. for. So they're, they're way overcharging on everything. And people aren't going for it. And that's why the legal pot industry is not making the money. Oh, it's making money, but it's not making the money that everybody thought it would because states got greedy and because dispensaries got greedy and people like the people that run MedMen got greedy.
and said, oh, we'll make it a nice environment for them and they won't mind paying all that money. Honey, pot people would rather go through a back alley to save money, okay, because I have. I mean, how many of y'all have bought pot in places that you just should not have been? Raise your hand. From people that you've never seen before. Raise your hand. Handing people money, getting pot. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yeah. Now, a reputable dealer is a great thing to have, and I had one for decades in California. She was a lovely little lesbian, you know, and she was a fabulous dealer. Once you find a dealer, you stick with them. And then Andrew grew it. And so one plant, one plant, okay, that Andrew grew gave us almost a pound of pot. One plant. He grew five. We literally had like six. We had a 30-gallon garbage bag half full of pot. It lasted us a year. You know, I mean, and it's free to grow it. You can just grow it. Five plants. You can grow it at home. That's the other thing. People are like, I'm not going to give these dispensaries all that money. I'll just grow it at home. You know, greed is killing everything. Greed is killing everything. It's killing the pot industry. You're feeling greed at the grocery store. Everyone's like, we need to make groceries cheaper. No, corporations need to cut their profit margins. I am Corel. Be who you want to be. So I'm not hurt anybody. I'll be back on Friday. We're going to make a just egg substitute. So you don't have to pay $8 for just egg. And I'm going to show you how to make real teriyaki sauce. Like real. You may think you know, but you don't. All of that is coming on Friday and more. Uh, so stay tuned and don't forget to follow me on social media. And thank you, patrons. Hey, I love you. Carell. Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today. And remind you, there's a way to never miss a thing. And that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash really That's youtube.com forward slash really for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash really That's patreon.com forward slash really My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, really Corel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free Corelcast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free Corelcast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so I don't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.